You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't Inspired me to drink nothing but lagers, <laughs> to search and destroy all uh, lagers, and uh, call people out when they're not good, and really give people kudos when they are, because wow. Although, when you talk about Hellas lagers and the dovetail, I mean, there's nothing that excites me more when I still can find four pack at Binnie's on the shelf. Of, it's exciting. It's good stuff. Welcome to the outdoor edition. Of the Pints and Provisions podcast. It's been a few, um, mainly for a couple of reasons, I believe, that uh, one, I think we got in this weird steady groove of Zoom meetings, and that worked out really well. And then when we all started to have to go back to work, it really kind of, which was good, obviously. One of us had to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and after that, it kind of fizzled out. But, you know. Just for uh, a couple weeks. Kyle here also became father which was another exciting piece of you know the the last couple weeks so congrats thank you thank you i'd take a couple weeks off for that you know yeah (laughs) find some provisions paternity leave (laughs) (laughs) how much do you get for that (laughs) yeah we do need to discuss that (laughs) is that part of whatever bourbon we drink next (laughs) um and that's ryan here too of course so ryan and kyle are with us um, again, nice night to do this. I think that we've been blessed with some wonderful weeks and weekends. So outdoor activities uh, have been plentiful, and so has outdoor drinking, I think. Um, so Father's Day coming up. Beautiful night. It's going to be, I think Father's Day is actually going to turn out to be okay. The weather looks a little iffy at the beginning of the, the week, but I think it may pan out okay for Sunday. So for all the uh, dads that want to mow their lawns, uh, drink, a, drink a lager and grill some meat, I think it'll be perfect. At least let's hope so. That was my plan. Yeah, isn't that like, have your wives ever asked you, you know, what do you want to do for Father's Day? What's your answer? Well, this is my first time. And yes, she asked me what I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I was yeah. looking right at you. Yeah. The no, first time fine. father. Yeah. I've, I've only had two weeks at this, so I haven't had a, a lot to uh, to figure it out. But this is only my I, second. So. I don't have a great answer. And I no, I have not been asked that question yet. I don't think. As the veteran of the group, what is your answer? <laughs> well, here you know, like I mean, Kyle, I I thought your wife would at least you know, given two weeks and having plenty of sleep and everything, <laughs> the first thing on her mind was, what am I doing for my husband for Father's Day? After I just had a had a beautiful girl. Um, okay, so I guess I'll honestly answer this. I was like, 
I want to do no, like nothing but the things I usually want to do. I want to cook. I want to have a good beer or drink and probably just be in the yard, do some stuff outside and, you know, hang out with you guys. Like, it doesn't have to be anything too exciting. She's like, isn't that like what we always do? It's like, kind of. Yep. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just like 10% less responsibilities with the kids or something. Just, <laughs> a, yeah, just a, just a few percentage points less. Or a little less judgment when I have that third beer. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't get the look. Like, really having another one? Don't you still have to cook the steaks, or whatever? But it seems like, I mean, obviously it's it's in June, but uh, the last few it seems like we've had really good weather, and uh, I think you and Mark have both been very, very adamant about just cooking, having a couple beers, or in Mark's case, probably a little bourbon and a cigar, and just kind of having at it, but probably getting a little bit nicer cut of meat or something like that and maybe getting the smoker going early and a little bit longer cook but otherwise just kind of keeping that going and having a good tradition like that when the weather's good yeah i think that it's all about kind of doing the things that you like to do which you know if i can spend a little extra time and unnecessary work at smoking something or cooking something that's fine by me I mean, I would probably do it on any other day. I, I think that was exactly what we did for Mother's Day. Was like <laughs> I cooked for her and I drank. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, we skipped beers, so we might as well do beers of the week. Favorite beers of the week. Um, it sounds like you guys have some to share from the uh, Saturday uh, share that you did, which from me breaking quarantine for the first time. For I had a yeah. plumbing issue. Kyle needed help with plum- plumbing <laughs> issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, Brian's buddy Spartan was in town, so Spartan, if you're listening, it sounds like you guys had a fun time. We hit up Slowhand right at the beginning of uh, lunch Saturday. Slowhand was doing a great job of. Did you see the line? the The picture they posted their line for on Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, amazing. It, yep. it the food the food uh, in the pictures just look very very deserving of that line. That was something Sarah asked if I wanted to do slow hand for Father's Day. I said absolutely, but so does every other father in Peoria. <laughs> yeah. So we might want to hold off on that. Yeah, I'm really glad to see them now come into their own because I I don't think that that feeling was there when they first opened, which is probably a lot of restaurants. But now you that they have get in a groove, yeah, now they've gotten into a groove and. Saturday, they had sandwiches for lunch. I saw those. I had the Austin, which was basically a brisket sandwich. I believe there was a bacon aioli. There was a white cheddar cheese. There, I can't recall if there was something else on there, too, but it was very good. They had a a pulled pork with some pineapple one with the salsa. Thick thing. What was that? The Mem- on Memphis? The, yeah, they had a, uh, a bordetella. Smoked bordetella. Sandwich, I think that was the Memphis, I believe. But they had three sandwiches, but all of them looked great. Um, so we had that, and Brian brought a, a fufun, Cantillon fufun. Uh, so we had that, hung out at Poor Brothers for just a spell, and then they made their way. Come on, get out of that logger fly. And it says something <laughs> for uh, having a friend come up from Nashville and and taking him to Slow Hands for barbecue. Yeah, especially Brian being kind of a barbecue snob to be able to uh, be be uh, in, in enough approval of slow hands to say, hey, this is worthy of my friend from Nashville to go to. You've yeah, you which I totally agree with. But I just think that kind of goes to show how uh, how good they're doing, how they've come into their own. Yep. And their protocol there, of course, for yeah staying covid safe and everything was 
uh, above and beyond, which I would expect nothing less. So was it downstairs at Poor Brothers? I was at Poor Brothers twice on Saturday, once for lunch, and then second for dinner. Uh, they did not disappoint Phil. Uh, Phil was doing a good job. He What did he share? He shared the white peach eclipse from White Rooster. Well, very good. I think I had that. They've had that before last year, didn't they? Yeah, he when they said had the bottles for sale. I think he'd just been sitting on it, and since we did uh, Fufoon, he thought that that would be a good. I think I had the peach and the white peach. The white peach was good. Yeah, yeah. So wonderful to for him to share that, and then still good beers later on. I can't remember what I had. I guess I should just go ahead. I would say my favorite beer, actually, Ryan, has been that leg room from Trillium that um, was procured. It's basically a Citra and Mosaic. Uh, double IPA, but very soft, very easy on the palate. Uh, it was a it was a good drinker. It was so good. Yeah, I I agree. So that was mine. Makes me extra anxious for Headroom to come out, which is usually about this time. I love Headroom, and and they what do they claim it? The difference was there is that that tends to have that that Headroom tends to be a little bit more piney and resinous, and. Yeah, I think it was more some. I don't remember what the ingredient was, but they said something about legroom just being a little bit softer version of uh, headroom, which I don't. Rec- I just can't recall what uh, if it was um, part of the malt bill or, or something else that they did a little bit different. It they're they're pretty uh, light on the specifics, but headroom boasts a resin resinous edge. Legroom is remarkably soft with creamy mouthfeel, very low perceived bitterness. But again, they know how to do it better than most. Yeah, Trillium's kind of off the hype train nowadays. It seems um, they're still dialed in. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing great stuff. So it's good to be able to still get some of their beers once in a while and and fairly easy nowadays for the most part. Yeah, um, we, I got some vicinity. I don't know, was that a month ago or something that we got some vicinity? Still pretty good. It was terrific. One of my favorites of theirs, and really one of my favorites IPAs that uh, I don't know, probably four or five years ago when I really got into this, I, I got that in Bombers and it. It's one that kind of just goes way back. I remember that. They're huge bombers that were just di- super wide. The dialed-in bomber. Dialed-in, yeah. I got I got a lot of their the beers. Back? Uh, they they have not, but uh, I, I just too. vicinity was just one that kind of goes way back for me is being just one of the the first like really mind blowing beers um, that I probably you know ever first had from an IPA perspective. That and uh, double dry hopped Congress Street. Yep. Yeah, it's that a great one. one. All right. So, um, I suspect that the Ryan Hour, Ryan Abbott Power Hour didn't deliver any kind of brewery bombs um, that that are going <laughs> to be mentioned here on this podcast. You but know, you know, with the move coming up, there's not many power hours left. Uh, there's really not. <laughs> I, I've gotten rid of most of the beers that aren't just making the cut for the move. So, uh, <laughs> the Ryan Abbott Power Hour may be a thing of the past here, starting in a couple of weeks. All I right. think I think everyone will appreciate that. Well, I mean, I'm going to be a bit disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I know. It Spartan, is n- Spartan said, he was like, yeah, he said, he said, Evan warned me, he said, just by, just wait till about hour two or three in. He said, there will be about three or four brewery beers <laughs> just cracked out there that you'll be getting pushed to try. And I said, I'm not pushing anybody to try these, but they're, they are going to be open because they're not making the move and, yeah, and at we'll this just time see how you, they go. Everyone has like two to three glasses. With, you know, you've got your sour, your IPA, your stout. There's <laughs> eight to ten half-drink bottles, and then here comes Ryan with 
four brewery bottles. <laughs> what do just, I do with these? Yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. There's still like a third left in that media noche. <laughs> Maybe a fourth left in that uh, Dree Fontaine over there. Is Why anyone are you bringing finishing out these the BBT or no? Okay, because we're just. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't like this. Can I get out the craft maple syrup <laughs> it was, yet? It was uh, much more subtle. <laughs> the craft maple syrup. That's usually like hour three or. You got to go yeah. beyond the brewery power. I've done that a couple that, times. Yeah. You're right. That's when you're coming back off of the power hour. All right, we we digress. All right, Far I'll away. go. I'll go next. Um, you know, the number one beer for me, Kyle's going to mention. Um, so uh, I'll just comment a little bit on his when he mentions it because it's one of my favorite beers. But. Uh, one that was uh, a, a really good one. I'll give a shout out to uh, to Neil at Weldworks since we had him on recently. We talked about Midi Noche. Their uh, 2020 version was just mind blowing. It was fantastic. Everyone was really blown away. A few people thought that uh, it had a vanilla adjunct in it. The vanilla just from the barrel was so strong. Uh, it was it was really terrific. So uh, that was you know that was definitely a, a favorite for probably from the stout side for most people I would think. Absolutely. But, um, another one that was. Uh, you know, knew that we tried that uh, I don't think just about anyone outside of uh, Spartan had ever heard of. Uh, it's called, uh, it's from Barique Brewing and Blending, and they're based in Nashville. And um, even on Untapped, they're called a nano brewery. So they don't have a tap room. I don't, I don't know if they actually have a brewery. Um, I don't know the full details of where the guy brews, but they do uh, release some bottles to uh, some, some local bottle shops. This one was called the Single Estate Black and Blue. And, uh, it's a 4.47 on untapped, so that kind of goes to show you even um, kind of an underhyped place is still getting a really good rating. But it was 20-month uh, was the average age of uh, different uh, Flanders aged in wine barrels picked with uh, or with hand-picked blackberries and blueberries uh, coming from a, a local farm. And so it was a blend of three different casks, uh, 30% Flanders, 50% um, a different Flanders, and then 20% a grain pale ale with fresh blackberries. So uh, it was super unique, barrel forward, uh, fruit forward, super soft. It was it was really really impressive. 7.1%. So uh, that was you know that's one that I'll uh, I'll certainly remember for a while, and it was it was pretty fantastic. Well, so he brought that. He brought it. And he was he was going to give it to me, and just said, hey, just keep it for, you know popping Oudlerouche and, and uh, Medianoche and some other stuff. And I said, no, I said, we'll, we'll drink this later. Sure. I said, I'm not going to save this for the next time. And uh, so so we went to Brian's for a cookout later and uh, cracked that over there with... Uh, Whoa, you went over to Brian's for a cookout later? We did. Oh. And that was going to be my provision of the week. Okay. He made a pork chop that uh, came from a hog that... No way. That you guys all split or something like that. I mean, this thing was probably an inch and a half thick pork chop, and he did a brine. He had um, mm. a little marinade for it, and then some spices. And it's—I mean, it was—I think it was one of the best pork chops I've ever had. Well, it was probably the best, to be honest. It was just phenomenal. My my provision of the week is the same thing. I didn't brine mine, but I had mine on Sunday night when my parents were here. I mean, these two like gigantic thick cut pork chops, smoked them. With a rub, put them on the grill. Uh, I didn't really serve them with anything fancy, just some, you know, barbecue sauce. And, uh, yeah, th- those are some of the best pork chops. I think the only thing that would have made that better per- perhaps would have been a brine. And I'd probably just 
didn't have the foresight to do it in time, but I was not disappointed in the end result either way. Yeah, it was incredible. So, so everything we've had from that hog has been great. Where did, um, where did this hog come from? Um, there was a, a mutual friend of all of ours who was moving away who has a cousin, apparently, who does have a, a, a farm. And I think about two years ago, I mean, literally a whole hog was spit between everybody, and most of that just didn't get eaten. It was just too much. So this time it was more like a half, and we all split it up. And I think Brian got some jowl, if you want to have jowl. He said he said the butcher was really annoyed with the way that you guys wanted it cut up. <laughs> he said usually people just want it all like ground for like breakfast sausage, and everyone's asking for jowl and <laughs> uh, a bunch of chops, like thick cut chops. And I don't know, there was like one or two other things that he said. He's like, these guys, I've never even heard of some of these cuts that these guys are asking for. The ribs I had were phenomenal. Um I have pork sausage and uh, ground pork. I made pork burgers with the ground pork, and I've done breakfast tacos with the pork sausage. So there's nothing that has gone um, uh, well liked of anything that I've made so far. So, but it's it's a farm in Illinois, right? Yep. Yeah, it's like Southern Illinois. So anyway, yeah, good stuff. All right, Kyle, we got to let you go. I bet right. Kyle's been doing a lot of like really intense cooking lately. With a new baby at home. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much. <laughs> Actually, we're getting a ton of meals dropped off, which is super nice, mainly by Sarah's uh, Sarah's friends because her friends set up the meal train, so we've been getting a ton of meals, which is actually kind of nice to not have to cook every other night leftovers all, all day long. But, yep. But uh, yesterday, someone finally pack it, or, uh, put some beers in the package for me, so that was nice. They thought of you. They did. Thank you. <laughs> which is as, as much as they need to think of me. So. <laughs> but for my beer of the week, I'm stealing Ryan's beer of the week, which is uh, Eau de la Rouge, um, which is a beer that he has talked about nonstop since you guys first had it on a podcast that I think never got released. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Lost that's Episode. Right. Yep. The Lost Episode. So With the, the Sparrow. The first time we had the sound issues with Sparrow. That's right. Oh, that was my fault. Okay. <laughs> and that was just one that was just like we honed in on Oud LaRouche because we were so blown away with it. And I think we were just excited to have that one be a podcast because it was yeah. really new at the time. Um, the Coterie Society had released it, and I don't think anyone had really known much about it at that point. I don't know if we had heard about it till he brought it. And we saw the description. We're like, holy crap, Like, what is this? Yeah, it was... And then we taste it, and we're Special. like, holy crap, what is this? Even the description doesn't sound like anything out of the blue for Side Project. It's their um, honey saison, so it's their orange blossom honey saison is LaRouche. And then they um, that's aged in their Missouri feuder, Missouri white oak feuder. And then they took LaRouche, put it in burgundy barrels to create Eau de LaRouche, and uh, it, it's phenomenal. I mean that's that's yeah. kind of a standard issue beer out of Side Project, but this is fantastic. The the burgundy barrels there just smoothed out yeah. Larouche perfectly. Incredible. Yeah, I mean we've had it. That time we had it one other time, right? What was the other time we had it, right? Do we have another one? I've had at some point. I think at your house. I think so. Yeah. I mean I've had it four or five times oh. now. Yeah, there's maybe, like 200 bottles six. out there, and you two have like a tenth of them. <laughs> We've got a few. That's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the, I hadn't had it in a few months uh, since probably the BBT three day, or maybe maybe we had it once since then. I don't know, but I do think it's gotten a little bit more tart 
um, I think it was softer, fresh. I mean, really soft. I just remember that being one of the softest beers I think I've ever had in terms of something that's been aged that long and blended. And I mean, it just almost had no bite to it whatsoever. Yeah. In a good way. Like, it wasn't like just weak for being weak's sake. It was soft. There's just so many flavors going on. It's it's just really impressive. I think yeah. it had been in the barrel for what three years by the time Old LaRouche is out. It was one in the future, two in the burgundy barrels. Yeah, and I want to say it's bottle condition for like twelve or eighteen months too. So uh the way you know, the the patience with that, that you know, that goes to that whole beer barrel time and I was listening to a podcast, um, I don't remember the brewery the other day, but just they were talking about the patience that you have to have if you're using barrels. Um and it's it you know it just it it goes with how successful Corey's been with side project and what they're doing because uh, the time part of it really is something that I think he cherishes and it goes uh, it it really comes out in the product. You know when you see some of these things like like what we what the other one we talked about we open, spaces, open spaces forty eight months in a barrel or whatever but he'd been that open probably for wasn't like... intended but it's probably more about just patience because he's like this thing's not ready. This thing's not ready. Yeah. You know? And and that's just what the end product comes out to be. Yeah. But he's been open cool. for a year and a half when he released a four-year-old <laughs> beer. So I don't know what he was doing with the barrel, but... <laughs> I just... I, I can... I always consider that he's just like... He's got this wizardry about him when it comes to blending and barrel and that not many people have. Yeah, there's some out there that can get pretty damn close, but, you know, we, we always get on the, the love of... Side project, but you can see why when you put that much love and patience into something, and it turns out that good. I mean, how how do you sit on something for forty eight months like that? I don't have that patience. Yeah, because you also have to have the you know acceptability that that may never turn out, yeah. and it may just go down the drain. And that was a Flanders. No one <laughs> makes Flanders at all, right? <laughs> Remember when we opened that at Dark Lord Day? We were just like, "Holy yeah. cow! How good is this?" Yeah, and everyone's running around like. Getting all excited about their cantillons, and I don't want to like down on a cantillon or anything, but that was an unsung hero. It, up. it really did, yeah. But I, I, and then you even think of it from the business standpoint, where it's like I may have to wait on making revenue from this for another year because I, you know, not because you wouldn't be able to sell it, but it's more about how much you care about your product. Like that's the crazy thing to think about is. Open spaces would have sold out no matter what, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been the same product quality, and it wouldn't have held the name True to Side Project the way that Corey King wants. And same thing with you know we we talked with Neil on Media Noches. I mean, they still had to wait for eighteen months for their first Media Noche release. It's like, you know, most breweries are only barrel aging for like three months for their first release. It's like to just have that wherewithal to wait, wait it out, and and understand that. Uh, the time will come and, and be patient and let it all come together is great. Weldworks is another one that t- <clears throat> takes some time with their uh, barrel selection as well. Yep. Yeah, he knows he knows his he knows his barrels. He knows his That's because he likes bourbon so much. And and I think same with Corey. I was like you gotta know your bourbon just as much as your beer and your wine. And your wine because you gotta know what you're putting this stuff into. Um but sometimes I just think that I'm sure that they stumble upon some of this stuff. They're just like, eh, let's just try this. Um, and every once in a while it turns out great and probably sometimes, and you never hear about them, you know, they don't. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so how do you like this side word? I really like it. I really like it. I was going to mention, 
you know, I, I wanted to give a shout out to phase three. We had this, we split this can of Pilsner to start, uh, five and a half percent oat lager. I guess oat lager is the name, uh, I think. Yeah. Or is it D3? No, I think that's P3, P3. for the name of the, for phase just three. their, their logo. I think Did it's called oat lager. Dry hopped with, uh, saffir hops. And I think it's terrific. I Didn't mean, Brett mentioned this on our happy hour once where we all were on zoom. I think so. Yeah. I thought he mentioned this. Yeah. I think they did a great job with it. Uh, not surprised with Sean yeah. up at uh, Phase Three, but uh, we joked about how uh, Beer Stott Lager House <laughs> has <ruined> still <laughs> between them and <laughs> holds its own against anything, and has ruined us with when it comes to lagers. And uh, Kyle and I were talking about uh, on Saturday how we were hoarding our our final cans of Beer Stott <laughs> like it was like some bbt like super rare 500 hundred dollar so barrel aged stout you have some still i, I had my last one on saturday we split it i have one slow pill slow pour <laughs> pills left and it just stared at me every time i opened the fridge i just said i opened the <laughs> fridge i'm like it's not the right occasion i was like I, but then i'm like this is a locker why am i saying that <laughs> my favorite one is i had that f- this friend of mine from high school lives out there and he's like oh yeah you can send me some beers I'll, they're like two blocks away i'll just go get some I was like, yes yes he i sent him a dunkel and I think, I can't remember. I think I sent him something else, Crowlard from Bearded Owl, because he was like, no IPAs. I was like, fair enough. I can handle that. <clears throat> and he sent me, it, was, it wasn't It was a full Crowler. It was like one of these mini Crowlers. It's sort of like an 18 ounce. Okay. 18 to 20, I think it was. That was the perfect size for a slow pour pills. Yes. I had one of those of their Dunkel. I mean, it was the perfect size for like a like a pills or a lager because it's super cold at the front and then kind of towards the end, it gets to be a little bit warm where it's still really good. And I thoroughly enjoyed that that size and that, that format. Yep. I, I, I couldn't stop from drinking all of them. Yeah, if there's couldn't. a brewery that's yeah. successful brewing three beers, they're doing something right. For sure. In Denver, where yeah. you're surrounded by thousands of breweries. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> Mark even pointed that out when... Mark split it with us, and he said, wait, this is on uh, Blake Street? He said, I've been to Denver like twice, and on Blake Street all those times, and there's like 18 other breweries, and this isn't one I stopped at, and what the heck's wrong with me? <laughs> I mean... Like, well, you kind of get soaked in, or kind of soaked in with everything else going on, and you've got um, Falling Rock and a couple other really good bars that have great tap lists on top of the other breweries, great divides right there, a couple others, and... Um, Instead, he went to the highly satanic, like, true brewing... <laughs> it has like pentagrams and like, you know, altars to Satan inside. And he's just like, oh, I forgot to go to the logger house. He, Mark <laughs> was really kicking himself when he saw it was on Blake Street. He's like, this is on Blake Street. Yeah. Well, someday. Now, unfortunately, the Weldworks Invitational has been permanently canceled. Ryan and I thought maybe there was a chance in October, although I will be honest. I'm sure you'll say the same thing. It's once you start pushing stuff into the fall, it could have been real tough. Yeah. And I would have accepted that, knowing full well that, you know, what's going on. But they canceled it indefinitely, basically um, saying that they didn't want their experience to be anything less than what it always is. And I'm sure that it may have been different in a way that they didn't like. And so kudos to them for just owning up and saying, you know what, we can't deliver this, so we'll go next year. We'll go next year. Issuing refunds, I mean, that's another thing. It's a moneymaker. I know a lot of it goes to charity, but... Yeah. There's still some money made from that, and uh, to just say, hey, yeah, we're issuing refunds, we're calling it, and and moving on. Yeah, it probably, I bet most, you know, other than it being a 
a fundraiser, there probably isn't a whole lot of lost revenue on not doing that because I don't think beer festivals in general make a ton of money for the breweries that are involved. So, and a lot of the kegs they bring to them, I assume they'll they'll find a way to get rid of them through other events no. and and other stuff. Well, so the other thing I wondered like it's wasted beer. too was. You know, what about all these other breweries that haven't really been kegging a whole lot? I mean, granted, they can bring cans and bottles all they want, but mm-hmm. all the breweries that they wanted to have there, maybe they were having issues with lower production because of what's going on. I mean, you could never even count on what some of those other, other breweries had to had to bring. Yep. So that probably was part of the reason, too. So Yeah, it was probably for the best. Yeah. Well... I always think now it's like one less thing I got to worry about planning in the fall because <laughs> everything's going to get pushed back to the fall. Um, so do you want to say anything more about Sideward, this uh, this beer? Did Eddie Eddie send this? Yeah, Eddie sent this with uh, the lagers that he sent us uh, before the podcast we did with him. And, um, you mean the lager we had to chug? Well, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the other beers that we couldn't drink together, um, the punks in the in the waiting punks room or whatever it's room. called. So this is one that we've just kind of been waiting to uh, to be able to, to share together with all the COVID stuff going on. It's called Born in Black. It's their, uh, I think it's the first time they've actually released a bourbon barrel-aged stout. It was with their anniversary party, I think, in, I want to say April. And I think they had to do it all to go, so they didn't really have a party, but they still released the beer. And bourbon barrel-aged stout with Madagascar vanilla beans and single estate Colombian coffee beans. From Lineage uh, Coffee Roasters, which I assume is in Orlando, Florida, with Sideward. And it's a 12% stout. I think uh, the vanilla is very nice. The chocolate from the stout is very nice. It's roasty. It's It's smooth. smooth. It's not, you know, the mouthfeel isn't like overly killer, but it's really easy to drink. It's, uh, It's very well done. Yeah, I've got no qualms on this. Yeah. No critiques that I think... You don't always have to be the super viscous stout. You don't. And I think that this not being that is absolutely fine. Yeah. I love it. I always like Good to see a Florida brewery not using uh, extracts. That's fun. Well, I think that, you know, I think that's one reason Eddie has always been a big big fan of supporter of them, that they use a ton of natural stuff. Yep. Um, and, you know, to, to, to his passion of, like, you know, being very natural, being vegan, uh, vegan. You know, they kind of step up and meet that demand, and I think that's why Eddie likes them so much, and I can see why. I mean, their product is fantastic. So yeah, I mean, you can taste the taste vanilla. It's good vanilla, great coffee. It's yeah, it's a good beer, right where it needs to be. Um, what we should do? Take a quick time out because we want to finally get to the topic that we were going to try to get to. I think that this was just a lot of catching up, but we're gonna have a bourbon or two talk a little bit about last minute um, ideas for Father's Day gifts. If you do have a last minute Father's Day gift idea that you need to, I don't know, tell your wife to get you or <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't think we'll see about that. Yeah. Anyway, maybe what's some, what's some, what we would like to get as a last minute Father's Day gift. All right. And other fathers would like to get. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Pause. <laughs> I am now, though. Push harder. Check one, two. Ah, check one, he's two. good. There and we you've go. got plenty of slack, so you should be good. Just all right. Don't knock all your glasses off. Yeah. This is the more the more relaxed uh, portion of the the, the, the podcast where we uh, sit bourbon and, and sit back a little bit. So um, 
We took our microphones out of their holders, and gosh darn it, do we look relaxed. This is great. <laughs> I feel like I need a cigar now to really complete it. Well, you know, if Mark were here, I'm sure he would have brought cigars. <coughs> I apologize. I can't um, smoke a cigar on a podcast if Mark's not here. I just don't think I can do it. I'd feel like cheating a little bit. Yep. <laughs> Plus, I don't have cigars, so. Uh, what did, So everyone just grabbed two random ones that they uh, have not tried or wanted to try or wanted to drink. So, yes round one, yes. what do you guys have? Round one. I have the old Fitz nine-year. Uh, old Fitz. Pretty decanter bottle. Very beautiful bottle. I believe this was a 2018. Mm-hmm. And I actually think they only did it one time, so, because I think they've gone like... 11 and... Every six months, they're releasing a new one. Oh, Nice. So I think that was maybe spring of, or fall of 18, they did nine year. And then spring of 19, they did 11. Fall of 19, they did 13. And then spring of 20, they did 15, I think. So they're doing, okay. So I don't know, how, who knows how far they'll, they'll go with that, but I think it's a cool concept. Um, we both got a nine year that night, I think. And we were just talking about this on Saturday too, where I didn't love the nine year at first. I don't know how you felt about it. I didn't either. Um, I even said, like, you know, that was one of the, like, quote, nicer bottles that I would set out when family came over and stuff because I was not super interested in hoarding it like I may with, like, a William LaRue William Weller. Yeah. And uh, once I got to about, like, a third left of the bottle, I was like, dang it, I kind of, like, went through this way too fast. I really started to enjoy it, get a little bit of oxygen in that bottle, and, and some of this starts to open up a lot. So, um Why'd you look at me about hoarding WLW? I didn't. No, you did. I looked at you because we <laughs> talked about this Saturday. That was it. So I just took a quick sip of it while I was talking, so I haven't really taken a, a second to really uh, kind of hone it in or whatever, but uh, it, it's it's a good one. I've, I've enjoyed it. Well, I think you hoard WLW like he hoards Eau de la Rouge. That's fair. I mean. That's fair. True I'll, statement. I'll allow that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, both big boys, and uh, you guys have an affinity for each of them. Um, Kyle, what did you drink? Uh, per your recommendation, I grabbed the uh, McKenna, which is your bottle, so you'll have to describe it because I don't know the details of it. McKenna 10-year. Bottled and bond. Bottled and bond. It's fantastic. I can tell you that. I don't know if I know much more than that, but it <laughs> did get bourbon of the year in 2019, I think. Uh, maybe not 18? 19, maybe 18, 17. It, yeah, it 19 was, was Dickel. All right, so it was 18, it got bourbon of the year. So it's it's had, it's had a pretty good run. Uh, it's It's got some accolades, and I think that I, I opened that up because I bought uh, the Weller the same day, and then I've kind of had sitting out the Old Forester 1910, and the Four Roses Small Batch Select, and that is easily by far my favorite of the four. Easy. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I might have to hide that a little bit. I mean, like, I would probably put out maybe even 10 or 12-year Van Winkle to have drink before that. Whoa. Honestly. I could see that. Unpopular opinion, perhaps. I don't know if you would have to do that because I don't think anyone would gravitate towards this. 
It'd almost be like putting putting out a WLW to someone that doesn't know what it is versus that old Fitz bottle. Like, people are just going to gravitate to the cool bottle and yeah. something they know, which is Van Winkle. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with Van Winkle, but that is a... I was surprised at how good that was. Uh, and, again, Benny's just put that on the shelf one day randomly, that and a couple other great bottles. So, um, I grabbed the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. 2017. It's great. Pretty bottle, another pretty bottle. We got a nice. We, we'll take a picture of the pretty bottles, uh, uh, bourbon bottles. That's a cool there, bottle, so. yeah. Um, maybe we should do some rapid fire Father's Day because at this pace we may not even get to the topic <laughs> uh, if we sit here and talk about the bourbon all night. Um, we talked about last minute. You got to go to Benny's. Last minute. What do you what What do you want to get? Yeah. So this was uh, actually Sarah's request for a podcast because she always asks Pat Hartzler what to get me for my birthday, Father's Day, Christmas, what have you. So she said uh, we should throw some suggestions out there for wives looking to get their husbands something for Father's Day. So I think Benny's is a great spot for it because they not only randomly put fantastic bourbons on the shelf, but they have a lot of beers that are top-notch that for some reason no one touches. Such as? They have a good lineup of uh, Firestone Walkers, Barrel aged beers. They, they do. have yeah, they do. Uh, they Dre, Dre Fontaine's in the back, like the variants. corner of the back. Yeah, they have two variants plus the the Armand Gaston A and G. Um, they've got barrel aged Behemoth, barrel aged Darkness that usually sit there. Yeah, they've got your dovetail beers for your beer curious um, husband, father. That uh, that's a good gateway beer for anyone that just drinks beer flavored beer, to get them into uh, <laughs> to craft beer. I yeah, my dad had a dovetail Hellas this week, and I was like, Dad, you'll like this. Don't worry. Yeah, you know. And he's like, Yeah, this is yeah, this is really good because he ain't gonna drink the IPAs and stouts I have in there. No. And now I don't have to worry about having Coors Light because you have to always buy like, God knows how many and whatever you know format they decide to put package cans and stuff and then I'll end up with Coors Light in my fridge that I don't want but that's a perfect one yeah you'll blow through that it's like what nine ninety nine a four pack which is or is it more I think it's a little bit more but it, it's pretty it's reasonable right around priced. that ten dollar yeah. yeah it might be one or two dollars more and I, and I think like for central Illinois they're gonna have they have some of the best pick of Chicago breweries and beers for instance, I was able to get, I mean, like, fresh zombie dust there. Fresh. Yep. Like, within a, a, a window of 10 to 14 days. And I think I went back again the next week and I bought more of it because it just, it's just so good. Zombie dust is always one of those. So, you know, getting your husband some fresh Chicago beers I think is always a treat. Half Acre. They've got a ton of oh, half, acre half Acre there acre. that's always super fresh. All their IPAs are fantastic, and there's a huge selection there. What else they got? Do you ever get cigars there, Ryan? I I actually haven't, and I just about every time I go there, I'm just like a little hesitant to ask them to open it up. And um, I love that place downtown Peoria, so yeah. Um, I I haven't needed cigars. I, I've still probably got four or five, and I don't age them like you know like Mark does. So I've yeah. got enough that I don't really need to go buy more. But uh, I, I think I need to just check it out sometime. I was overwhelmed. But I don't know much about cigars. I know nothing about if cigars. If you have so a humidor honest. in your store, I, I just got to think that there's a reason to check it out. 
you know, there's got to be enough customers. volume moving out that yeah. to have that much there, right? Yeah. I, think. I really, I know that I know the reasons behind it, but I really hate having a room that like takes a key to go in. It just kind of bothers me. Even buying the Yamazaki 12 over the weekend um, and the Wild Turkey, I just hate having to ask them, hey, can you open this door to your fancy room? I think people look at you funny, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be shocked if people actually would steal stuff like that, or even if you just put them high up or whatever, just because I'd, you can't go browse cigars from outside the room, and I just, I don't know, I hate the concept of having to ask them to unlock the door let me go in and, and that whole thing. but um. So when I went in, I guess it was right when they opened, and it was unlocked, and there was a guy in there that was well-versed in cigars. And maybe the cigar so. one is, actually. I haven't even tried it, but, yeah. I will. I think Benny's has, um, obviously, I think it's got a great selection of shelf bourbons. So, like, you know, the Buffalo Trace shelf whiskey or bourbon is a very popular, and they usually have plenty of it. Their uh, Four Roses store pick <coughs> is one that they get in quite often. I think you said they still have some bottles of that, which is yeah, like a little terrific, a little higher in the price range, but not nothing terrible for the quality of bourbon That's you're great, getting there. Great bourbon for seventy five bucks. I mean, yeah, I think you could avoid all the pappies and and Buffalo Trace antiques and all that much higher end expensive stuff and. Just vary it with, I think they've got 12 or 13 different ones. I think you could stick with those, and you're drinking really good bourbon all, all the time. And don't forget, if you're going to go get some bourbon or whiskey, please pick up your Luxardo maraschino cherries. <laughs> don't buy the crappy stuff. Once you have Luxardo uh, maraschino cherries, you will never have anything else. Um, so, again, that will kind of round out your... And you could easily get there, uh, go there and get like an old-fashioned kind of mix get yep. your simple syrup you know if it so demands maraschino cherries luxardo they're a little pricier but trust me they're worth it because the juice it's like the syrup in there is just as good to like add to anything so there's nothing wasted yeah one of those like 20 dollars a jar i thought they were like 15, 14 15 bucks they but be. yeah they're up there yeah they're, but it's, they're, it's worth it yeah all this all this bourbon talk especially going to stores and trying different things it just makes me miss hearth. Yeah. You know, even the experience, even the experience, like sitting there at the bar. I mean, I know that they have it open outdoors and they were doing takeout and they were doing absolutely everything that they could within their power. But what they excel at is sitting there at their bar, talking to Hugh or any of his bartenders who all know exactly. And just trying a bourbon or two. Yeah. I think you can you typically just get one ounce if you want and. So just kind of felt a little bit uh, nostalgic, you know, when we were just picking bourbons <laughs> inside just now. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I just like love sitting at the bar and just kind of, you know, seeing the old Fitz or the McKenna or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I'd like to try that. I haven't I haven't tried that ever and seeing what you like and just trying new stuff and, and things like that. But we'll get we'll get there again. Yeah. Soon. And we'll all get we'll, we'll all get back flocking to, the, to that bar because that's a good one. And I know he's dying to. Start yeah. sharing his bourbon collection with everybody again. Yeah, I think that I've heard that it's almost like this touristy atmosphere now in the Heights with how many people are out and about and kind of patronizing all the places there uh, lately. So that's good to see. I wish they would close off the street. I don't 
think they're going to do it. It's a tough street to close. Yeah. There's no other way to go. That's yeah. the problem. Um, the nice thing is that they have those like temporary summertime kind of box shipping containers, shipping container half, things yeah. that kind of take up some parking spaces on the street. So I was surprised on Saturday night how many people started to show up uh, down at Heritage Square right in front of Poor Brothers. We had Brienzo's, lots of outdoor seating. Poor Brothers, lots of outdoor seating. They had live music, and I think there were going to be a lot of people there. I mean, you can maybe think what you want about that. I might try to avoid really big crowds like that You're if I could. This, this coming weekend? No, on Saturday when I was there. I mean, oh. it was a night like this where it was wonderful. Um, we weren't there for this kind of weather because to bring the kids home, but it was getting busy, which is great for them. I want oh, yeah. that to happen. Absolutely. But some of me says I might just duck out a little early. Yeah. No way. So what's next on the Father's Day trivia? Um, I probably didn't answer your question, did I? <laughs> you All right, so we we really went through like Benny. Anything <laughs> else from Benny's? We, yeah, we went rapid fire at Benny's. What do you got? Rapid fire. You know, their wine selection's terrific, and so uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I've got uh, my stepdad who's on one side of the spectrum, my dad's on the other. Neither are on the bourbon spectrum, so uh, it's usually that falls um, to you. It's usually a combination. Yeah, there you go. It's usually uh, a combination of. Definitely now the the dovetail like what you did. I've I've introduced that to my stepdad and said this is just a fantastic lager, um, just a bunny. Don't worry about <laughs> it. My parents are always worried when they come over about uh, trying the weird stuff in my fridge, and so <laughs> they usually that's good. bring you over like you don't want like, them just cracking a well, random. I don't. I don't want fair. my yeah. I don't want my dad just opening up like a double dry hop. <laughs> Honk is like what the hell is this? <laughs> well, I told you about the family party we had where I was unprepared for oh, that, yeah. where someone grabbed. One person grabbed uh, a 2012 Bourbon County, and I think another person grabbed an Ozark BDCS that I maybe oh. had two of from that year. And I was like, okay, I need to protect my fridge a little <laughs> bit better. But anyway, so, uh, so you know, they typically bring over like a, a Miller Lite or, or um, and maybe a, a, a Weiss of Honor uh, six-pack or something like that. And so I introduced them to a couple of these craft lagers that we've had to both my mom and my stepdad. And um, I think the the side ward was one that blew, oh, blew, my, room. blew my mother's taste buds away. And, and then the dovetail one was one for my stepdad. And they were just like, wait a minute, like craft breweries make this type of stuff too? And it's oh, not yeah. just hazy IPAs and and uh, pastry stouts and stuff like that. And I said, oh, yeah. And I said, the, the dovetail one you can get in town. And. So they've been stocking up on that ever since. So if ever nice. I can find that, that's a good one. Um, even the the triptych lagers and IPAs they like. So that's another one. And then, um, you know, the the wine selection is just fantastic. So I can always find. What's your go-to white wine that you said you were, you know, drinking a lot of white wine? Kim this Crawford. So White Haven. So the. Um, <laughs> Those are good Mother's Day white wines, not Father's Day white wines. So the Frog's Leap Sauv Blanc, it's uh, probably a $22 Sauv Blanc, I think. That's a really good one. And then uh, it's a Viognier by Viognier? The, um, Minor. Minor. It's it's very much in the middle of what your normal bold Viognier is towards a Sauv Blanc. Um, and they've had a bunch of that out, and, and I just I just love that one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Cantillon Vignon, doesn't that don't they utilize Viognier, Viognier grapes? Viognier yep. grapes. Well, yeah. Score yeah, look one. at you. 
Score one for the Cantillon wine hybrid. So I don't know if that's <laughs> what drew me to liking Vigneron better or if Vigneron drew me to like a Viognier better, but... But yeah, so uh, so those are all good combinations. But their wine selection is fantastic, so that's always a, a great way to just find something new and and even just you know you can go in that little key door and and yep. it's not too expensive for some of them. And yep. those are good gifts too to just find something a little bit different, and unique that they haven't heard of. Uh, I think anything cooking, so um, anything barbecue cooking related is going to be probably good for your uh, Father's Day gifts. Um, I think I asked for some new knives this year, and I'm pretty sure they came in the mail, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've been waiting for me to open them, but they're sitting downstairs. Uh, we have not got new knives, like real knives, since we were married. We've got a couple random like upgrades, but this will be a kind of a full-on upgrade, which is I'm, I'm really excited about. So what's your favorite gadget for the smoker? Uh, I have what's called a meter. M-E-A-T-E-R. It is a Bluetooth thermometer. Um, you put that thing in your meat, whatever it is. You know, ribs are hard. You don't, you don't really have to monitor those quite as much in terms of temp. But um, I did them on the pork chops. And you can set it. Uh, you get an app on your phone. You set it like, okay, I want mine done medium, uh, whatever you want. And it'll graph out. It'll measure ambient temperature in your smoker. Plus, it'll measure the internal temperature of your meat and it'll also estimate your done your your cook time so you'll know exactly when it's done and it doesn't have a wire or anything all you got to do is be in the vicinity and then you get this wonderful graph and you'll see like the smoker temperature will kind of zigzag up and down when the kicks on and kicks off and then you'll just see the steady rise like if you do like a brisket it's beautiful you watch this like stall you can catch the stall and then you'll <laughs> see it come out of the stall that's my you know, smoker gas. Any kind of good thermometer, I think, for the smoker. Yeah, I, I could see that. I feel like there's a lot of gimmicky gadgets that really don't get used, but I think that's a good one. The other thing that we do is uh, we just have a uh, golf day for Father's Day. So are you uh, flicking away a rabbit? He's eating my my plants over there. <laughs> um, but... Uh, that's that's something that I think that uh, especially you know more grown up than anything that I think my dad just really cherished was we just went and had a round of golf um, on Father's Day and we did that in the morning and then we had dinner or an, or you know late lunch or something like that after in the afternoon and um, so I've been uh, trying to be proactive with keeping those on the tradition you know when we can and um, we're going out of town to to visit their cottage this weekend so we'll have Father's Day up there and we'll probably do uh, kind of like both of us will probably cook breakfast for everybody kind of do a more of the provisions breakfast side of things before we head out of town but uh, something like that i think is always a fun one too do you need some uh pork breakfast sausage to go i would love some breakfast suggestions but i i'm not going to take your your, uh your rare illinois farm trust me if i gave you some my wife would not be upset for how much we have in the (laughs) but you would (laughs) so i don't want to i don't want to have that happen. All right. Well, we'll just make it sometime, and we'll have breakfast tacos, and like that would be a good brew day. I'm down for that suggestion because we got a brew with the South American ho- South African, African whoa, South African hops that Kyle gave me, which he didn't have to, uh, but we've got some South African hops to use, and a pound Sounds of good. Australian Galaxy, yes. one pound, on sale. Um, Great sale. 
I think, yeah, smoker and grill gadgets, I think you got to have something temperature probe-wise that um, can measure. I think those are not gimmicky. There's a lot of other kind of more gimmicky things. But, I mean, if I were to get another grill, I'd love to just have a charcoal Weber. That's all I got. I mean, that's what <laughs> would kind of round it out. I'm getting a little sick of the the gas one. It's nice. It fires up easy. But I think it's going to be another year, and that thing may have to go. That's uh, one of my friends. He... He's very into smoking, and he only uses a charcoal Weber to smoke. Okay, so then perfect time for me to ask this because this is what I, my biggest challenge has been trying to decide lately. Do I go with a smoker or do I go with a, a, a Weber charcoal for my my back, backup or secondary grill? Weber. So, oh, a backup? So you get I've a smoker. A gas. He, he's I've got, got a, a gas. gas grill. I'm getting another. I just haven't decided which one to go with. See, I would Good go with debate. a smoker. Because what you need is something to smoke low and slow, and then you need something that goes hot. It's fair. Now, whether you're replacing the natural gas... No, not replacing it. See, I that think... That goes hot. That thing, mine gets up to 650. Yeah, no, I, but what you need is something that goes low and slow and something that goes hot. That's what you need. And whether the hot thing is a natural gas one or a charcoal. Okay. Although Ooh. you can use a charcoal and kind of smoke things, but it's a little tougher. <laughs> you got to get... It is. Some gadgets like Brian has a gadget yep. that kind of separates and but you get a smoker you need you don't need a charcoal grill unless you need a third one which good would argument would just kind of round out the whole thing. So one of my foundries they make a Kamado grill out of <laughs> ductile <laughs> of iron. It's of course four hundred and sixty pounds of Jeez. ductile iron that I really want, but it's That's like awesome. twelve hundred bucks. And there goes the old Forester. <laughs> I caught it, but not it. the glass. He saved the glass. I saved some of the Forrester, too. The so, the bunny is going to come over here and drink that after he snacks on the what is basically like garlic over there. It's not garlic, but it's like an ornamental garlic. Okay. So that's why he likes it so much. So um, any last-minute ideas? Otherwise, I think we should wrap this one up. Well, we, we both came out with two bourbons. Should we go around on the second yeah. one? Yeah. What did everyone have? I.W. Harper, 15-year. Which one? So you started with the Old Forester. I did. And did you like that better? Or yes, what I do did. you think? Oh, you Old did. Forester okay. better. Uh, my second one was the uh, McKenna because I have not had that before. So I was anxious to try that. And uh, I think I would go with the Old Forester over, or the uh, um, Old Fitz nine year over it. Oh, okay. But, Interesting. Uh, both were pretty good. Nice. So I went with a birthday bourbon for my second one. I'm kind of torn. What was your and your first one was again McKenna the McKenna yeah I kind of like the McKenna I like a little heat to the the bourbon I feel like the McKenna's a little spicier yeah so all good stuff yeah um happy Father's Day to you guys uh thanks for coming over I think this uh, was a great setting a great night to do this absolutely um a true pints and provisions discussion a true pints squirrels and, and rabbits squirrels and, and all rabbits sorts of stuff running around back here um we got. A little bit of, I think, carb left on the, the homebrew, but should be ready to raring to go. Citra, Nelson, Galaxy. Uh, for Kyle's present here for baby time is uh, he gets to take home, I think, at least four gallons uh, in his keg of that. So enjoy. Should last me a week. <laughs> Probably. I'd like to hear your thoughts as that goes on. Um, so feedback is good. The rest, uh, brown paper tickets, is that... 
how we're releasing the rest or no you just have to come over here at this point at this point i don't care (laughs) you know no tickets no nothing you just come over and just yeah i want want, to see a human face we want guests and we want like (laughs) socialization so all right well cheers guys again happy father's day hopefully everyone enjoys their day